Thank you, guys. Good morning, church. Um, I'm excited um, that our pastors are in my favorite place on the whole planet. Um, nobody's jealous here that they're with Mickey, and we're not, but that's okay. Um, but truthfully, I'm super grateful that our pastors get time to be away, to be with family and refresh. Something that I recognize the older my kids get, the more priceless that time is, right? When you get to be, look, I'm getting emotional just talking about it. My baby's a senior and I'm all in the emotions right now. But you guys, it's, I'm just so grateful, so grateful that they get to spend that time together as family. Um, let's take a minute real quick and let's pray over our pastors and their time together, okay? Jesus, we are so thankful, so thankful for the pastors that you have blessed us with. Father, I ask that you take this time that they're spending together. I ask that you just bless it, Jesus. Let them make memories that will last them a lifetime. Keep them safe and healthy and whole and bring them home refreshed and ready just to pour into us. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. So this morning, um, I'm preaching on um, kind of a different sermon, I, not what I expected, but um, I, I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a band mom. Yeah. Go Hog Band, right? Right. Some of my band mom friends are in the room today. Um, so I, uh, I multitask a lot when it comes to all things band, and when I was working on this sermon, I was actually last weekend running a band competition and well of course I can work on a sermon while I'm running a band competition right that makes complete sense only if you're a band mom do you understand of course that makes perfect sense you can do whatever um, but as I was sitting there and I was working on the sermon the Lord had highlighted to me um, these scriptures I'm gonna read them to you here real quick it's from Daniel 3 verses 16 through 18 and it says Shadrach Meshach and Abednego replied to him King Nebuchadnezzar we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter if we're thrown into the blazing furnace the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand but if not we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods are worship the image of gold you have set up. Jesus, I ask today that you bless this word, that you take the word that you've birthed in my heart, and God, that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So like I said, I was working on the sermon, and when I say working on the sermon, literally all I had was the scripture for the sermon and nothing else. <laughs> The Lord had highlighted it to me. He says, this is what I want you to do. And I was like, okay, well, any kind of direction would be great. And some of my friends came in the room where I was working and they said, Dan, what are you doing? And so we were sitting there, we were talking and they said, read the scripture to me. And so I read the scripture to them and it gets to the part where they say, God's going to deliver us. But if not, and I went to read the rest of it and my friend goes, oh, I love and I said, what part? The God will deliver us part? And she goes, no, the but if not part. And I was like, the but if not? Well, I don't, I don't want to talk about the but if not. I like the other side, you know. God delivers, that's, that's the good part. But 
I think it's so, it's so powerful to think of who God is in the but if not moments of our lives, right? I, um, when I was talking about the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is a pretty popular story, right? Veggie Tales, Rack Shack, and Benny. If you've not seen Rack Shack and Benny and you're an adult, you need to go home and YouTube Rack Shack and Benny. There's a song called The Bunny that'll forever change your life, I promise. But it's so popular. Everybody knows the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go into the furnace. There's a fourth man in the fire. You know, the, it's this big miracle. But you guys, they didn't know that walking into the fire. They didn't know that standing before the king that there was going to be a fourth man in the fire. They didn't know it. They just knew what God had called them to. They just knew what obedience looked like. Um, as I was working on this, I, I started really thinking about how many times we all live in but-if-not situations, in but-if-not seasons of our lives. How many times do we recognize this is one of those these moments, God, one of these crossroad moments where someone that we love is diagnosed with a terminal illness, and God, we know that you're our healer. But if not, or a relationship that is so dear to us is broken, we know that God is the restorer of relationships because that's who he is, that's his character, that's his nature. So while we know those things, but if not, right? How many times do we see things happen and we know God moves because we've seen him move and we've seen him move. We've seen him be our way maker. We've seen him be our miracle worker. But what if in this moment we don't see him, we don't see those promises fulfilled? What, what then? What does that look like? I think it's, it's who we are in those but if not seasons that define who we are in every other season of our life. It's really, really easy to be God's biggest cheerleader when everything is immediate, right? Woo, got the job, right? Immediate. Or, man, God healed. Completely and totally, the cancer's gone. Man, that's an easy one to cheer for, right? Or this, this relationship was a little touch and go, but man, like a day later, God healed it. How many of you are sitting in this room thinking, oh, that would be great. I would love. Those are the easy moments. Those are the easy moments when there's no question about how God's moving. When you get to see it immediately. But what about the but if not side of the story? Does our faith change based on our circumstances? So like I said, I was studying the sermon and, and studying the sermon, and I um, did what everybody does when they're writing a sermon. I started Googling. And I learned something really cool. Um, a very famous preacher, his name is Martin Luther King Jr., actually wrote a sermon called But If Not. Um, I just have to say, to be fair, I did have the title before I found this out, but his sermon was very helpful to me. Um, but as I was studying it, he, of course, was a genius communicator, right? And um, he had some great points, so I'm going to borrow from those today, right? But he was talking about different kinds of faith, and he was talking about you can, be, you can have this type of faith or this type of faith. And the first type of faith that he talked about is if faith. 
if faith. What kind of faith is if faith? And if faith is a relationship with conditions, right? God, if you do this, then I'll do this, right? It's very controlling. God, I'm gonna need you to stand right here and do exactly what I say, and then I'm gonna come over here and I, I might do exactly what I said I'll do, right? It's very controlling. Um, it, it can be really manipulative. This is what it looks like. God, if you will provide for me financially, I'll start to tithe, right, right? Or God, if you heal my marriage, I just might go to church with my spouse. Ooh, yeah, that is manipulative. That is putting conditions on the God of the whole universe and God be with you <laughs> when you start to do that. I, um, I think this relationship is built on nothing more than what you can get out of it. It will never fulfill you because you will never fully trust God. We use God as our personal ATM. It's unnecessary. You we, all of us have to be willing to let God be God. We have to be willing to walk through these seasons and these processes that he has us in. We have to be willing to sit in the but if not. It's never easy. It's never easy. But let's go back to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So a little bit of their backstory. These men had been brought from captivity into Babylon. So they were literally in captivity. But God had raised them up to a position of authority. They were looked on highly favorably by the king. But then the king decided it would be fun to build this huge, huge idol. And then he had this plan. He was like, not only am I going to build an idol, but his advisors were like, ooh, let's play music. Let's have all the flutes and lyres and harps and let's make it sound like heaven apparently because that's what it sounds like to me in the Bible. And when they play, everybody has to stop what they're doing. They have to bow to this idol. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yes, they were raised to positions of authority, but before all of that, they were children of God. They knew who they were. They had no question about their identity in Christ. They knew they were the children of Israel. So when trouble came, when things began, began to get hard, when culture told them they had to do something else and be something else, they said, um, I, I can't, I'm not going to bow. I don't bow to anybody but my God. Now remember, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were friends of Daniel's. They'd seen the, the lion's den, right? So they knew there could be consequences for their actions to say no. They'd seen God deliver. They'd seen what happened to Daniel. But they also knew the lions were very real for Daniel. And that fire was very hot for them. When they stood before the king, they weren't negotiating. That's what I love. They didn't have if faith. They didn't say, well, if you do this, then God, if you'll make the king be nice to us, then we'll just bow for a second and then we'll say we're sorry later. They weren't negotiating because there is no negotiating. There is no negotiating when it comes to God's word. There's no negotiating when it comes to obedience. And they recognize that. 
What I love is they, their whole lives, everything they had been, everything they had done had been built on obedience to God's word. So when literally it meant fire for them, they were willing to walk into it. As I was reading this and, and studying out, I've talked countless times about my grandparents, countless times. My mom and my papa have, my gosh, I lived my whole life hearing stories of God's goodness and faithfulness in their lives. Miracle after miracle after miracle. One of my favorite stories is my grandparents were both ministers and they were on their honeymoon because <laughs> apparently that's how you do it when you're um, just married and you're a broke preacher. You go and preach at a church. And so they were on their way to preach at this church. Uh, they'd been married two days and they were driving their car and when they got in the car, they didn't have any gas in the car. But they knew that God had told them to go preach at this place. So they get in the car and this place is a couple hours away. Now I know we're all sitting here thinking, you didn't have any gas in the car. Do you recognize there might be a problem with this situation? But what I love about all my grandparents' stories is it looks crazy to everybody else, but they didn't know any other way to live their life. So they get in this car that has very little gas and they start driving, and of course, 30 minutes down the road, the car starts shaking like it's about to run out of gas. My grandparents had a song that was the backbone of their ministry for the entire 64 years they were married, and it's a song that says, God is so mindful. And as they were driving down, they, and the car would start shaking, they would start singing this song, God is still mindful of us each hour. And all of a sudden, the car would stop shaking and it would go again. And then the car would start shaking again and they'd start singing again, worshiping. Y'all, it's the only thing they need to do. It's the only way they knew how to live their life. So finally, three hours later, they're there. What's funny, what's even funny, I was telling the story, I go, Tori, it wasn't just gas. At one point they had a flat tire too and the tire came up, I mean, it was just this crazy story. But what I love most about all their stories, and you guys, I could be here for hours telling you. I won't do that. I promise I know you all want to eat. But every one of their stories is they just didn't know any other way to live their life. There was no if faith in their life. They didn't say, God, if you do this, then I will do this. They just said, God, you said do it. Let's go. I don't know. I don't know how this works, God. I, there's no gas in my tank. Right? How many of us are walking right now with no gas in our tank? And God is saying, you let me be God and you be obedient. Right? And that brings us to our next point. The second type of faith is the faith that, that I want. And it's called though faith. Man, Martin Luther King Jr. could preach. Though faith. Though faith looks like this, okay? Even though things go wrong, even though there's no money in my bank account, even though evil seems to be winning. Y'all, we live in a crazy world right now in case anybody's paying attention or even watches the news anymore, I don't know. <laughs> even though, even though I don't see it, you're working because that's who you are. 
Even though it doesn't make sense, God, I'm going to be obedient. Even though the circumstances stay otherwise, I will not bow down. I will not do anything opposite to what your word says. Though faith means that you understand the character and nature of God. You understand who God is. Your circumstances do not define God's nature for you because you know who he is. Isaiah 54, 10 says, this is what Jesus is saying to us, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace removed. I was reading this this morning, <laughs> and last night we were on our way home from another band competition, because that's all I do, and we were watching a movie. It's the Croods, have you guys ever seen it? It's hysterical. But they, they had spent all their lives in this cave, and then the end of the world is happening, and they spent their whole time running from all this stuff behind them, when all they needed to do was run to the light. That's all that, that had to happen. But when we, when we become so fixated on our circumstance, we don't see the miracle that's happening, the light. That's, it's just right there. Just keep running towards it. It's not guaranteeing a miracle. There's a lot of stuff that happened in that movie, y'all. But it's not guaranteeing a miracle, but it's guaranteeing tomorrow. We have to let God take care of, our, of this moment. We just want to see tomorrow. And sometimes God says you're not going to see that. Sometimes God says you're not going to see that fulfillment. But then we remember God's nature. We remember that God is who he says he is regardless of the circumstance. Psalms 50, 16 says, call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. I want you to recognize that all these scriptures say, and there is one scripture that actually says, you will have trouble. <sighs> How many of you are like, could it say you possibly have trouble? Could it say um, if you stand on that side with one foot in the air, you're going to have trouble? Like, could it be a little more specific? It doesn't. It just says incredibly specifically, you will have trouble. But I want you to remember that while God's saying it's going to hurt for a bit, while God's saying this season's going to be hard, it's going to be long. He's not going to leave. He stood in the fire, y'all. He stood there in the fire. He's not leaving you in your fire. There is no question that it hurts. There is no question that it's hard. But there's also no question that God is faithful. He has never failed, never failed to stand with us. I, I was talked earlier about my, my grandparents, and my grandmother... Um, at the end of her life had Alzheimer's. And for eight years, we watched her deteriorate. My brilliant grandmother, who, if I could be anything in the whole world, it would be her. This wonderful woman of God who loved people so well and so big. Everyone that she met think, thought that they were her favorite person. I always want to be that person. But towards the end of her life, I started having these dreams. And in these dreams, all of a sudden, my Mima would sit up. My Mima, who no longer could sit up, she could no longer speak. She didn't know who we were. 
And I would have these dreams that she would just sit up and sit on the edge of her bed and look at me and go, hi, sweet girl. And I really thought those were dreams from God. So I began praying earnestly for her healing. Earnestly. And I remember asking God, God, why aren't you moving? You've, you've shown me this dream. Why, why aren't you moving on her behalf? God, she has served you faithfully her whole life. She never, ever didn't trust you to be that God. Why aren't you moving? And I continued to pray for her healing, continued to pray for her healing because I had seen a picture of what that looked like. And I was convinced that's what was God's will. And then my Mima died. I was devastated. Devastated because I had prayed a different prayer. And I asked God, God, why? You, God, you're the God that I serve, and I know when you say now, that's it. You snap your fingers and it's done. You're a God of completion. And it took a minute, you guys, and maybe a couple, for me to not be angry. Just to be 100% transparent. I didn't understand why God didn't move the way I prayed for him to move. But not for one moment was I alone when I was asking God why he didn't move. Not for one minute. There will be questions that we have answers to that we will never have the answers to until the other side. Never. But the thing I know that my, that my Mima knew and that I know is that God is good. God is faithful. He is so very kind even when we don't see it. That is his nature. That's my God. That, that's how he provides for us every day. By being constantly, constantly there. He never leaves. Though faith is a faith that understands that life can be hard, but God is so good. We can't talk about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego without talking about the fire, right? We, we've talked about how these were, these were good men. These were men of honor, but they were men of obedience. They understood that God could deliver them. They'd seen. Imagine the things that these men had seen. They'd seen God deliver Daniel from the mouths of lions. They'd seen God move. And they knew he could. But what I find so remarkable about their story is the but if not. But if not, God, you, you've been good. You guys, that fire was hot. The king took it from a 5 to a 20 because he was mad. Y'all, he was so mad and the fire was so hot that when the guards threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, they burned up. It was that hot. They threw these men into the fire fully clothed. Fully clothed. The, the Bible even tells us they had turbans on. We all know the rest of the story. The three men went in. They look inside. There's a fourth man in there. What's happening? But what I want you to notice is that fire did not disappear. It did not go away. Their circumstances did not change. They just weren't by themselves. 
I don't know what your fire is today, but I want you to know you're not in that fire by yourself. You're not walking alone. You're not struggling alone. You are seen. God knows your story. He knows your circumstance, and he doesn't just know it. He is moving and working on your behalf. You just can't see it yet. What I find most remarkable about this story, and I love this so much, is they came out. The king said, come out. What is happening? Come out. And when they came out, their faces were shining. Do you know why? Because they'd just been in the presence of Jesus. They'd been in the presence of Jesus and they were forever changed. Your circumstances might not change, but the power of the presence of God will never change. It gives you the strength and the resolve to keep going, to keep pushing. Don't stop now. Don't stop now because this is not your story. It's a moment. Think about how the whole kingdom of Babylon was watching this unfold, right? They're all watching this. The king was a prideful man and he was mad. But then God moved on the behalf. He did deliver them. And he brought them out of a fiery furnace. And all of Babylon saw it. And the people in your life are watching you. They're watching your struggle. Maybe it's people you work with. Maybe it's people you go to school with. Maybe it's people that are just in your circle. But they're watching you. They want to know what are you going to do if your butt, with your butt if not. What are you going to do with that? They see what's happening. That does not look like God moving to them. But we stay faithful. We stay constant. We stay plugged in. We don't back away. We know who God is, who he's always been. But can I tell you, in my family, we have been going through a but-if-not season for a bit now. And I really hope to stand here today and tell you, really hoped, I, you know, we always write these Hollywood endings for our stories, <laughs> and I had written a really good one. And um, I had hoped to be able to stand here today and tell you that my, I, I, our but if not season was done. But that's not my story. But my story is God's good. And so faithful. And so kind. So constant. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Hebrews 11. It's the hall of fame of faith for, for the Bible. It goes through all these people that are in the Bible. And um, you'll hear, you'll see it says, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Moses, by faith Abraham. And then it gets to this part in verse 13. And it says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Well, that's helpful, right? You read that and you're like, Jesus, be big. I don't want that to be the end of my story. But imagine if that is the end of your story. 
if you stand before God when it's all said and done and you say, God, I didn't see fulfillment of a lot of promises. I did not see that healing that I've been praying for. I did not see restoration. I did not see financial breakthrough. I didn't see any of those things, but God, I stayed faithful to you. I stayed obedient to you, so you trusted me to do the work that you'd called me to do, even though I didn't see fulfillment. All of these people stayed faithful. Imagine that's your testimony, that you stand before God saying, I stood faithful. It was hot. Fire was hot. But God, I stayed faithful. Today, I don't know what your story is. I don't know. I don't know if, it, if you're in an if faith situation or in a though faith. If faith is easy. This might surprise some of you, but I might have some control issues. So if faith is kind of easy, because I'm like, God, if you would just pay it. I actually said to Josh the other day, I was like, you know, if all these people would just do what I'm telling them to do, we'd be fine. <laughs> okay, life doesn't work that way. And unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. Could you imagine? I mean, everything would be really good. If everybody would just do exactly what I tell them to do. We say, God, if you do what I tell you to do. But instead... And said, I surrender. Though faith says, I surrender it all. I don't know how you're working, God. I don't know how you're moving. But I want to stand before you someday and know I made you proud. I want, I want you to know that when I, stood bef I stand before you, that fire was hot, but I was not alone. That we walked through that fire together and the next fire, and the next fire, and the next fire. God's nature is to move on our, 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 on our behalf. But what I think about often is God, if you never moved again in my life, what you did on the cross for me is more than enough. The cross is where my freedom is. The cross is where my fulfillment is. The cross is what changed everything. The cross is what gave me access to you that I would have never had before. If every head would bow today, every eye closed. Maybe you're living in if faith and maybe you're in though faith. Or maybe you're like, I, I just don't even have any faith anymore. You don't, you don't know my story. I don't want to pray for you today. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you, could, if you could raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you. I see those hands this morning. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I'm so thankful for your sacrifice. And God, I'm so grateful that you always stand with me in the fire. Jesus, I ask that you come and be Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you, Jesus. I lay down my fear. I lay down my failures. And I give it all to you. Come be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you said yes to Jesus today, I want to welcome you, y'all. We need to welcome these people into heaven this morning. If you said yes to Jesus today, whether in person or online, we want you to text NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 512-980-1220. You guys, we're so grateful that you came to spend the day with us. We're grateful that we just got to spend time with you and see your sweet faces. If you're online, we miss you, and we can't wait to see you again. Um, but you guys, now that you've been to church, go out and be to church. We love you. We'll see you next week.